Hello, everyone. This is Tommy at World at War Comics, and we have another great show with you. Today, we have two guests that uh, they make up the podcast of OA on YouTube. Um, they are just the two experts when it comes to lanterns in general. If you love Green Lanterns, you're going to love this show. Um, but before we get into that, please give us a like, give us a subscribe. It really helps the channel. Um, but yeah, we're going to sit with these two gentlemen and just talk everything Green Lanterns, that passion about Green Lanterns, what they think of the new Jeremy Adams run, which we're through three issues now. Um, if you're collecting Night Terrors, um, that is issue three by Jeremy Adams. Um, we also have from um, is uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson. He has a, a new war journal coming out that will be covering um, John Stewart. Um, toward the end of the year. So a lot of news. Um, we just know that James Gunn just announced that Nathan Fillion will be playing Guy Gardner in Superman Legacy. Um, we know that Hal and uh, um, John will have an HBO series coming up um, next year. So there's just so much news. If you love Green Lanterns, now is the time to be alive because we are going to get a lot of Green Lanterns and I'm super excited about it. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed this interview. Please give us a like and a subscribe. It really helps out the channel. And uh, without further delay, here is Myron and uh, Phil. Hope you enjoy. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the World at Comics uh, podcast. We got two amazing guests from the podcast of OA, the Green Lantern gurus. We got uh, Myron and Phil. Gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, jumping on. I can't wait to dig into it. By the way, I love your show. Um, I learn more about Green Lantern through you <laughs> than I do anywhere else. I don't have the money or time to go back into history and read a lot of the stuff that you gentlemen talk about. But, man, I love it. Welcome to the show, though. Thanks, Tommy. We really appreciate it. It's, it's yeah. an honor to be here. Awesome, yeah, this is going to be a good time, man. This will be yeah. a good time. It'll be a blast, <laughs> man. So let's kind of start the beginning um, on the podcast. Um, and we'll start there. Um, when, what year did the podcast start? So we started the podcast, <laughs> maybe this might have been the kiss of death, I don't know. Uh, we started the <laughs> podcast with a review of the movie in 2011. <laughs> that, that's what started it. Uh, I had been doing the blog of OA, which is the original incarnation of what I've been doing, since right around Blackest Night, 2009. Oh, wow. Wow, and yeah. uh, I had a friend who was running an internet geek radio channel, and it kind of went kaput. And he was like, you know, I really want to do something creative. Why don't we do a podcast? So that was where it started. He ended up leaving a number of years later because of uh, family commitments. He had a young family and it was getting to the time where he needed to spend time with his family. Yeah. And ironically, Phil reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, I'd like to be in your show sometime. And I'm like, Hey, that's fine. I'm looking <laughs> for a co-host. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. Um, so and we've been dropped doing, Phil. <laughs> we've been doing the show since 2011, and we've had the the great fortune of having some wonderful creators on the show. Yeah. Uh, we just had Jeremy Adams and Philip Kennedy Johnson on to talk about their two new books. Uh, but we've had Ethan Van Skyver. We've had Robert Venditti. We did um, oh, what is his name? Can't remember his name. We've, we've had the producers of the Green Lantern, the animated series. Oh yes, yeah. um, Aaron Cooter. Of the oh, artist yeah. for Marvel, mm -hmm. we actually did his first interview when he first broke into doing comics. How cool is that? Uh, that was really cool. That is awesome, man. So, yeah. um, let's go into the way back, uh, tracker. How long have you been a Green Lantern fan? When did the passion <laughs> for Green Lantern start for both of you? Jeez, man, so, My, so you Myron's you go got first, a, yeah, because Myron's <laughs> got a deeper thread. See, the thing about Myron, <laughs> the thing about Myron, and what I've learned when I when I when I kind of came onto the podcast is you know my knowledge base is probably about 
I mean, when it comes to lantern stuff, I mean, I got a pretty deep knowledge base, but I mean, the thing about Myron is his is deeper and it's particular, you know, I mean, the the guy, the guy has, I mean, he's like that, like a Wikipedia of Green Lantern. I mean, really so, man. I think and, you could say um, July of uh, 83, yeah. um, issue five, page six. This is what happened. <laughs> a lot of it's research before a show, though. Let, let's be honest. You know, and as you get older, you yeah. lose a lot of that stuff. And I do not have I, I like to tell my wife I still have a mind like a steel trap. It's just rusted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, but ahead, when I, so so when I came on, you know, it was like, uh, you know, it's it's his knowledge base with, you know, and and, and I started. I have to be honest with you. My first comic book was the first issue of GI Joe when it came out with Marvel back in 81 or 82. And, you know, and I was up at the shortstop, this little mom and pop shop up the road. My dad took me in and I'll oh, pick one out. And I picked out Joe and I was hooked later on, you know, and probably about 84 or so I started picking up on Superman and then it just took off from there. And then I picked up Green Lantern right after that. And been reading that since probably about 85 86 nice. you know and jumped on you know but like the thing about lantern is i came and came and went with green lantern and superman i've always remained the same thread but mm-hmm. you know but anyway that's that's when i came on and then of course i was on uh the podcast of oa uh, a couple times uh with him and uh, with myron and bill you know and it was fun because he was talking about stuff and <laughs> you know and i listened to them guys beforehand i was like man Myron knows his shit, man. This guy, <laughs> I mean, the, the guy's got the guy's got an knowledge base, man. I mean, I mean, if if there's if there's something, the thing that's overlooked about Myron, and and I'll be honest with you, if if there's something that, I don't know, I just feel like he he would be a kind of guy that somebody should reach out to for research, you know, yeah, qualities. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's got he's got a good, he's got like a deep understanding of it, you know, and and sure he has his emotional part with it too, and and who doesn't when it comes to comic books, but. uh yeah, I was on the show with them guys a couple of times. And like I said, man, I reached out one time. I was like, man, I want to kind of want to be on the podcast again. And he's like, Hey, well, by the way, <laughs> hell yeah. Perfect timing nervous. for a phone call, right? Yeah, it was great. Right, man. right. Me, me and Myron hooked up. We, Unfortunately, we've never got to meet in person, but yeah. I mean, man, it's been a great friendship too. You so know, to this day, like, yeah. you haven't met in person? No, no. no. That's crazy. Bill's in St. Louis and I'm in upstate New York in the Finger Lakes region, like smack dab in the Southern State. So we have never met in person. Now there is is an upside to that though, because predating uh, 2020 when Clark came along, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of glad that I hadn't went up there to visit him yet because now Clark knows who Uncle Myron is. So it's better that if we go up there as a family. I get to, I get to finally meet him in person with his wife, you know, and he gets that's to meet cool. So yeah, and that's where that's where the bonus is out of this. That's awesome. Man. I can't think of a time that I wasn't reading comics. Yeah, uh, I I was born with a very freaky birth defect. So when you're in the womb developing, your esophagus comes from from your stomach and down from your throat, and they connect. Mm-hmm. My birth defect was one of a variation where the, that doesn't happen properly, and in my situation the upper half of my esophagus grew into my lungs. Oh, wow. Into my my trachea. Mm -hmm. So I was very fortunate to, for it to be detected because back in the sixties, when I was born, Mm -hmm. you didn't have ultrasounds that could detect. You didn't have any of that stuff. So I had a lot of surgery as as a, as a, as a infant and was very sickly as a kid. Yeah. And I read a lot and uh, my family was very poor 
And uh, back in the day, you used to be able to buy coverless comics in bags mm. for like a nickel. And so my mom and dad would buy me comics to keep me entertained because I would be, I'd get sick at school and get pneumonia and I'd be out of school for a month. Yeah. And, you know, back then there was no 24 hour, you know, cartoon channels or anything like that to keep the kid entertained. <laughs> get away so, for Saturdays to come along, yeah. right? I, it was funny because I never, back, you know, all the comics were without the covers on them. I never understood why Spider-Man and Batman never met each other. Yeah. Because <laughs> because I didn't know the difference between Marvel and DC. I, I really, I had no yeah, clue. I didn't even realize there were two different universes, right? No, right. no. Uh, and I, my sister had dated a, a, a young man uh, who had a good size comic book collection. And he gave me his comic book collection. Wow. And then there were things like the death of Gwen Stacy, um, <laughs> some, of, some of the Denny O'Neill uh, hard traveling heroes, Neil Adams yeah. books were in there. And I fell in love with Green Lantern because it wasn't about his physical prowess. It yeah, wasn't about yeah. any of those things. It was about his will. And the, the side effect of, of my birth defect is that I choke mm. because I have scar tissue in my esophagus. Mm. I choke. And uh, growing up, the only way you really got through all that stuff was you, you had to, <laughs> you had to force the food down with the muscles in your throat, liquids, yeah. or uh, not to get gross, but you'd have to make yourself throw up or, you know, yeah. and I had uh, a lot of close calls as a, as a mm-hmm. kid. Yeah. And in the moments when I would be struggling to deal with it, um, I would think about Green Lantern because mm-hmm. it was all about his will and his mentality. It was that, not the physical prowess. And that carried me through a lot of really um, tough moments as a kid. Yeah. So I, I I latched onto it from that more than anything else. Uh, and then when, when Black is Nick and we got that whole renaissance of the Jeff Johns era, yeah. I was like, you know, I really... I really owe this character a lot. You know, I, I, I don't want to be corny to say that Green Lantern saved my life, but yeah, yeah, I get it, it. It, it motivated me. It gave me what I needed to get through something that was really hard uh, yeah. and, and continues to this day to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's never going to go away. Right. Um, and as you get older, you face different challenges because you don't have the strength and, and, and so on and, and so forth. But that was the love for me. And that's, I was like, I, I need to give back to this franchise. So I started the blog of OA as a means of trying to be a good ambassador for the Green Lantern franchise, even though I don't agree with everything about it. You know, sure. as comic fans, you don't agree with editorial decisions and all that kind of stuff. You, you never will agree no. full on. It's yeah. not going to happen, uh, man. I, I mean, I full a card carrying member of Heat. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I felt like, you know, I, I wanted to give back to the characters and do something positive. So I started writing things. I've written over 2000 blog articles over the years and I got invited to be on uh, the Raging Bullets podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this is a lot of fun. You know, I, I did college radio. This would be, I'm an introvert, but I, I enjoyed being behind a mic. Yeah. Doing video has been very difficult for me, but I've, I'm embracing it because <laughs> it brings another audience yeah, to, yeah. to the content and it's about for me for me it's about providing content to green lantern fans and trying to enhance their fan experience if yeah. if somebody reads my my website or listens to our show or watches our show and it enhances their fan experience i've done my job yeah yeah, yeah. and that's well, all it's it worked matters, for me right? man it's worked for me go ahead phil sorry that's all that matters i mean yeah exactly myron, myron and i talk about that all the time it's like you know there's a lot of people out there that that have this expectation when they're sitting behind the mic and it's like 
what kind of expectation can you possibly carry when you get on a podcast or anything like that? You can't have that. Right. You go into the, you don't know who you're talking to out there. You're talking into the, whatever, whatever's out there. And you know, if it reaches some, if it reaches people, man, it just, that's when the impact, that's when you're like, wow, that's cool, man. It's like Myron, we'll, we'll talk about the stats and stuff and different people that listen across the globe and stuff. It's like, wow, man, somebody's listening to us way over there. That's, that's, that's the powerful thing of this medium is that yeah. you you think like when, when Bill and I started the show, I'm like, well, nobody's going to listen to us talk about Green Lantern. Are you right. kidding? And then you start getting emails from like England and, and <laughs> Australia and things like that. I'm like, really? Okay, well, it's awesome. <laughs> talk about green and, and there, there's a whole network of green lantern shows that are out there now um you know are probably the ones we're closest to are the lantern cast and they've been around their show's been around longer than ours mm-hmm. uh, but we have kind of this little close-knit community and it's like you know we don't always agree on the same things and that's great because yeah. fans can listen to their content our content and other green lantern podcasts that are out there and and they can find what they like or what they don't like and if you don't like what we have to say tune in soft for an episode or two yeah. uh we we try to look at it very even-handedly and yeah. there have been times when the content hasn't been that good mm-hmm. and and you try to approach it in a way that you know you're respectful to people that may like it even yeah. though you really don't <laughs> and sometimes it's difficult because sometimes you get like you know i I'm, I'm a fierce defender of the franchise yeah and yeah. when you think somebody's doing something that's not really you know in the best interest at least in our, my opinion the yeah. best interest of the franchise I feel like I've got to say something about it, yeah. you know, and it, it, if I'm not going to be authentic, then don't, yeah. don't listen to me, you know, if exactly. I'm going to be fake. And another thing to jump onto that is, you know, too many people take it personal. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. man, it's like, it's not personal. I rip yeah. on Simon Bass all the time and I, and I literally, literally cannot <laughs> stand the character. Yeah. But at the same time, I also <laughs> am intelligent enough to know that he's, he he should be allowed to be at the table then. If he's already out there, he's created. They should yeah, be yeah. they should be doing something with the guy. He's got I mean, his fans. Yeah, he's for his, sure. And, and two of them. And, and, <laughs> and that's cool. Tim Seeley, like, um, and uh... <laughs> yeah, right. and the same goes for Batman. I literally hate Batman, and he's oh, everywhere. Wow. And and I razz on Batman because it's, I have fun with it. Yeah, I, yeah. I know. I already know the fact he's a seller. Myron knows the fact he's a seller. You could put Batman in every book, period, and DC would probably outsell everything. If 50% of all DC comics right. is either Batman or the Batman right. family. Right. right, right. But at the same time, man, we, we, we razz on it, and it's a good time. And I don't take yeah. anything personal, unless people come at me personally. But we've never had that happen on this show. Yeah, and no. We've had a couple negative interactions, a couple ne- negative emails. Some guy got with on our case about he, something he got on our case about something i don't remember just now what it was and he we don't even care saying, and yeah. he he sent an email saying I'm, I'm not gonna listen to the show anymore and i i aired it anyway i aired his yeah. comments and you know yeah. rebutted, rebutted to it and whatever you know yeah um, but we've done some really cool things one of the things we did during the pandemic was phil has this really neat segment called know your core and he mm. spotlights a different member of the core and and we thought dur- during the pandemic i i work in it and education and I, uh, we, we all had to work remotely here in New York State. I had some employees that worked with me, worked for me and with me, who didn't have families, and so they were home alone. And I would have, I would have team meetings every day, not because we had work to talk about, but because I wanted to make sure they had somebody to talk to. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so what we did during the pandemic is we did a, we did a weekly, we, we took the show and did it weekly, and we called called it "You Are the Core." 
oh, and cool. we flipped it around and we interviewed fans. That's and, cool. That's and, a and lot of fun, man. That was a lot of fun. We got to talk to a lot of neat people yeah. and find out more. We had some stock questions and we, inter- we interviewed them as if they were, you know, a, a creator or something. You know, what's your favorite character? What do you like? And just, just for conversational purposes and to remind people that at the end of the day, we're all human and yeah. we've got to be here for each other. Absolutely. Yeah. We Absolutely. had on a, we had on this guy named Martin. He's uh, my local comic book shop guy in this place called Apotheosis here in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. During the pandemic, you know, I mean, it hit communities hard, right? I mean, and it hit local businesses really hard. I mean, oh, yeah. everybody knows the comic book industry took a hit. Yep. So what he ended up doing, <clears throat> what made him stand out and what he started talking about when he came on our podcast was he started delivering comics. Oh. And then and then he started selling alcohol, like beer and stuff like that. Yeah. He delivered beer and comics. I'll tell you what, it, it made a pretty him, good combination. Yeah, it it got him through the pandemic. I guarantee it's what saved his store. And yeah. he's still going. As a matter of fact, I was just up there this afternoon to pick up my stuff. And that's awesome. You know, I'm kind of looking for a part-time gig with him. I don't he, he always says he's gonna contact me, but it's like, dude, <laughs> I go back to work August 7th, man. You're gonna have to contact me soon. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, that was it. That was cool. And, and it was fun to record every week because yeah. a, there wasn't anything to do. And we're like, well, why not? We're not doing yeah. anything. I was raising a kid, but yeah, you know, yeah. he was asleep by then. <laughs> we had a good time doing it, man. That was fun. That's so cool. Well, how often are you recording? <laughs> that, that's the funny thing. Yeah, it's, uh, we, we try to do it two episodes a month. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Life gets in the way. Sure, uh, yeah. Phil and I both work in the education field. Yeah, uh, he has a young family. I have an old family. Yeah, so yeah. sometimes things just happen, you know, and it, yeah. it doesn't come out that way. And you feel bad because you want to you want to be consistent. That's the big thing about doing podcasting or any content provision that you do is if sure. you, to keep your audience. You need to be on a, on a regular routine. Yeah. And we've 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 decided that we're the show's about Green Lantern. So if there's no Green Lantern content, we're not going to. Yeah. talk about spider-man because right the show you know people yeah. tune into us for that so we started doing some like we went back there for a while because it had been kind of lean the last couple of years yeah. we started redoing the jeff johns run because we never recorded content about the jeff johns run yeah, yeah. or we did fun. uh we did an episode where we did the case for carol ferris and we did a whole i spent i don't know how many hours doing an analysis of the, <laughs> the history of carol ferris and how many times did they break up and who yeah. broke up with who and <laughs> And it was like, well, is she really the right guy, really the right woman for Hal kind of yeah. thing? Uh, and we've done one on Sornik Natu. And so we've done some of those special spotlighty things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, top five favorite female characters, I think we did. And and those kind of things. And, and it breaks up the monotony of doing reviews because you don't want to be yeah. just a review show. Yeah. Uh, and, and I love those, by the way, too, because you get into a lot of the history yeah. um, that I think, especially over the last five years, if you're new to Green Lantern, you have no idea what's right, taking place right, right? and yeah. so there's a lot of history out there there's a lot of lanterns that people have never heard of that are from earth so there's a lot that i think a lot of content and you guys do a really good job of highlighting that the the thing we always looked at it from from the get-go was we we've got we're in the we were in the the jeff johns era there were so many new fans that that, that, that became a part of the core yeah that we felt like this obligation of well there was a lot of history before this. There were a lot of great comics before yeah. this. Yeah. Um, and some of the stuff like Jeff Johns did a good job of reinterpreting things or kind of doing a new angle on things. And it was, it's good to go back and look at, well, what was the inspiration for some of this stuff? You know, yeah. Blackest yeah. Night came from an Alan Moore short story. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, stuff like stuff like that. People don't know. It, yeah. And it adds it adds a layer of context yeah. when they're reading stuff, which I, I I hope people find valuable. Absolutely. Yeah. That is so cool. But but it's popular too. I mean, yeah. and look at the look at the podcasting aspect. I mean, you're fairly new, Tommy, and 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 like and that's cool though, because it's yeah. it's a thing that it's a community that I didn't think I'd be a part of, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I got on with Myron, and I got on early uh, yeah. in podcasting as as far as podcasters go, and and then now it's a lot. A lot of people talk about, you know, and yeah. like Myron had said, but this is the first time we've taken the foray in a video this past few episodes, and I, I kind of like it. It's kind of yeah. nice for people to be able to see us now for a change. I don't I don't know how often we get ripped on or what kind of comments. <laughs> get. I I don't know I don't if care. we're doing anybody any favors by letting them see what we. Look I mean, about. you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and at the end of the day, I don't care. I mean, yeah, if you're gonna yeah. rip on me, that screw you. You don't need a. That's not cool. <laughs> I'm just you're talking about comic books. You don't need to rip on me. It, it, it does add a layer to the whole production part. Yeah, I, I had the luxury of of when 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 Bill was doing the show with me, he did all the editing, I did all the public publication and promotion. Okay. Yeah. When he left, I took it all on. So I, yeah. I do all of the editing and everything. And so then we added the, the video layer. I'm like, okay, how am I going to edit the video <laughs> and do a YouTube thing, but still have the audio for the podcast. And so I've been reworking how I do it all. And it's, yeah. it's good because it stretches different muscles in your, in your head. Yeah. Um, but it it is, it is a whole different ball game for us, but I, I enjoy it. It's, it's, it makes the recording process better because when you can see the person you're talking to, you're less likely to overtalk them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and so it helps the communication be, be more organic. I hope, and I hope it yeah. comes across that way. Absolutely. And also I, I do, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts cause I, I drive quite a bit. I live near Palm Springs. My office is in San Diego. So it's a good hour and 45 and or two and a half hour drive. Um, so I don't have to go every day. But when I do, I got a podcast going all the time and I enjoy it. But uh, when I could throw YouTube on and I could see the same content, but see, in, for instance, both of you, it, it creates a connection. So like when I reached out to Phil, I feel like I've known Phil for a long time and he has no idea who I am. Right. So I have to like be careful on how I'm reaching out to him <laughs> going like, hey, Phil, it's me, Tommy. He's like, who the hell is Tommy? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know you more than you know me for sure. Right. And, but, then, he, and then he's like, and then he's like, well, here, just text me. This is a lot easier. It'd be easier yeah. to check it. And then he texts me I'm like. This is way easier. (laughs) Well, isn't that the beauty of of this kind of a medium? Because you get to meet people, you know, for so long growing up, comics were very much, you know, you were kind of the geek kid hiding in the corner. You didn't know there was anybody else out there that liked the same things that you liked. And because of the beauty of the internet and podcasting and all of these things, people come together. I mean, you're on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. He's in the middle of the country. And here we all are all having a conversation that could never happen otherwise. Exactly. And and the thing that's really, and the thing that's really cool about that is all three of us came from a generation of when we were discriminated upon for reading comic (laughs) books, right? And not a lot of people understand the fact that that happened. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You didn't didn't talk about that crap with people, man, or else you got you know, or else you got, man, look at that guy. You were going to get a, sw- <laughs> means you were going to get a swirly is what it meant. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. Well, I grew up in San Bernardino, which is, uh, it is a known for its gangs. And so I would ride my bike to the local comic book store and I'd ride really fast back home to make sure all my comics got home with me. So uh, it was more in a swirly if I got caught, if I wasn't fast enough. <laughs> well, but, you uh, know, 
I grew up in the days when you didn't have comic shops. So you had yeah, to go to like yeah. the convenience store and hope you could find That's the issue you were looking was, for. Yeah. And you never point, knew, yeah. you never knew when the book was actually coming out. So you yeah. were like, if you missed an issue, there was no place to buy back issues. You yeah, were, yeah. You were SOL if you couldn't find the issue you needed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, no, I was very fortunate. I had one right up the street and uh, I would ride up my bike, you know, every time the, you know, every Wednesday or whatever. And I had mow lawns to try and raise money and, yeah, I was a big G.I. Joe guy. I'm like, you feel oh. one of my first comic. I grew up with G.I. Joe. I mean, I played G.I. Yeah. Joe in my room. Dude, I remember I, I you know, uh, my dad would take me fishing all the time and they had the fish hook, the three pronged fish hook. And mm -hmm. it was really small and I tie string to it and all my G.I. Joes would use it as gavelin. And I remember my sister stepping on it and you know, it has the hook that comes down. So <laughs> you got to cut that end off to pull it out or you just got to rip it out and uh, anyways, that, that was my upbringing, man. I had a few GI Joe guys and I'd be in my room with my gal and trying to climb up my bed and it was fun, man. And then when it the just, comic came out, I was like blown away. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, man. Larry, Larry Hamma, man. I, so I yeah. just got, I just got finished. Uh, I was telling Myron this. So I just read volume, all volume, 25 volumes of IDW's real American hero. Yeah. Yeah. And I just kept reading it, kept reading it, kept reading it. And then I finally got the end of volume 25 and then I had to finish it because I wanted to get to 300 yeah yeah finished it out right and i was like man i mean number one there's a couple of things i didn't like about it i didn't like yeah. the ending because it's yeah. like that's where you leave it and you and yeah. not only that's where you leave it but you lost your licensing with idw and now we don't know what's going to happen <laughs> well okay, now we so, know though now we know now we know now we know uh, yeah <laughs> but uh yeah i went through all of it now i'm reading all the like the uh the other volumes like the cobra command issues yeah, and, uh, yeah the snake yeah. eyes origin and stuff but yeah. yeah, I I I dove hard into Joe in the past my over this summer and it's been Yeah. Great. I love GI Joe, man. Yeah. Um actually where I live, I live in a city called Hemet and not too far from me is another city called Temecula and every year they have a GI Joe um con. So, oh. Um, it's pretty awesome in Temecula. It's it's fairly small but they create a a figure that's unique to that show every single year. So it's it's pretty awesome and Jamie Sullivan, who is the cover artist um, for G.I. Joe, has been for many years. He usually yeah. does like the cover being on. He lives yeah. here in Hemet, and he used to own the uh, the comic book store here in Hemet. And so um, I'll have him on, I think, uh, maybe after San Diego Comic-Con. But I used to go to his comic shop all the time and, and chat with him, and he's a really nice guy. And so I have my issue 300, because, you know, he did the cover with the 300 um different uh awesome. you know joe yeah it's incredible so he did that he had the record until fantastic four um uh came out what was the issue uh, 800 and they yeah. have uh like 350 so he lost the record uh -huh. it only took like three months but anyways yeah he was signing at our local local comic book shop too but yeah if you're ever out this way man you got to go to gi joe con I, there's two pe <laughs> there's two people i want to meet man and myron myron knows one of them Dan Jurgens, yeah, yeah, and Jergens, uh, yeah. and uh, Larry Hama. I I, yeah. I want to meet I want to meet the man before he doesn't write GI Joe anymore. <laughs> yeah, that guy's got to have so much knowledge about Joe's yeah. man. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Oh wow, I could imagine. <laughs> it's like Myron with Green Lantern though. So it makes yeah, sense. yeah, it's awesome. It is. Well, I have a Green Lantern question for both of you, and I don't know if this is a fair question, but do you have a favorite lantern? <laughs> Go ahead, Phil, that gonna issues? <laughs> no, go ahead, Phil. You're first. Shock in the world here. Simon Bass going. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, let's see. Well, it's kind of a toss up. I, you know, Hal Jordan's always been my go to. And uh, yeah. I really liked, 
uh, I really liked the early Jessica Cruz. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't like what they've done to her over the past. Neither do I. Yeah, uh, but the, the they, early one was amazing. I loved. Yeah. Uh, yeah, everything that happened to her to make her the character that she was was so right. Important. It was really, really important. I think yeah. they lost sight of that over the years, but yeah, both of those guys would be my top yeah. two. She's she's one of my major crushes, to be quite honest. The she's early one. She's a Myron's not a big fan of her, but I mean, yeah, yeah. But that's, <laughs> but that's but that's the beauty of fandom, right? I mean, we yeah, all have yeah. connections who we have connections with, and yeah, you know, it's like I don't like John Stewart, but I'll still read John Stewart, and I'm actually looking forward to Johnson's version of John yeah. Stewart to be quite honest with you, but yeah. I don't like the character, but that yeah. I still, I'm looking forward to reading it. That right. Anything? Right. So, right. I, for me, I, how, it's how Jordan all the way, yeah, but yeah. um, for my opinion on Jessica is I think she was a better character as power ring. No, I felt that's like there fair. Was, there that's was so fair. much potential there because people who, yeah. people who don't deal with depression and so on, don't understand what it's like. Yeah. And I felt like the way that, that, the ring of Volthoom that she had treated her acted as an external version of the inner voice that she might hear. Yeah. And so I thought, I thought there was so much potential with that. It did add to the anxiety of her character. Yeah. Yeah. It made it worse. Right. Yeah. It it made that struggle better. And the problem with her being a green lantern is, is writers are going to lose the novelty of that rather quickly. It's the same problem that happened with Cal Rayner. You can only Mm. be the new guy for so long. And now there's hardly anything to differentiate him from any other Green Lantern. Green Lantern as a franchise is really interesting because its greatest strength is that you can have all of these different Green Lanterns to root for. Its greatest weakness is it has all of these Green Lanterns that divide the fan base because what happens inevitably was whenever green lantern is used in something it's like well why isn't it my favorite green lantern or why is it my and then you get the the, you know there's this divisiveness in the fan base and you can never make them all happy they've they've created so many earth lanterns but there's now there's not enough books to support them you know you had the we had the the wonderful era during the Jeff Johnson where you had five books. Yeah. So you yeah. could spread it out and everybody could get a spotlight. And now we're back down to one, soon to be two. And we don't know if the second one is going to be an ongoing or a limited series. It started out being a limited series. But what Johnson told us was that he thinks it's going to be longer. But if it's going to be a full-time book, he doesn't think he'll be able to, to stick with it. Okay. Um, Which also is a, is a problem, right? Because yeah. every writer has their take and if he goes say it's going to be an ongoing series and he does six of them and then someone takes over we'll all notice right away usually. oh yeah. yeah yeah and and that's also another frustration which happens with green lantern sometimes too that's, right it's called it's poor called poor planning you know it's yeah. just that's dc publishing you can put yeah. it now i mean it's like if you're going to commit to something commit to something it's like with it's yeah. like when they had that yahoo tournament you know the last couple of stupid yahoo tournaments they had you know they had all this talent pool yeah and they created all these books and and then what are they at the end of the day they they base it off voting which everybody knows is a bunch of crap anyway so but it me and myron talked about that it's like why wouldn't you create all these books yeah put them out there for the people and then let them choose and let them read the content before you just let them look at it i mean dc comics is in need of showcase yeah, yeah, where they where they yeah. do where they you know that's how that's how we got Barry Allen and that's how we got yeah. Hal Jordan was they did three issue runs in showcase and yeah. gauged fan reaction. So mm-hmm. why don't we do the same thing? There's where you're gonna find your next breakout character. Yeah. Uh we keep talking about how you know we missed the Green Lantern Corps. We flooded the, the franchise with so many Earth characters. Yeah. And and DC feels so beholden to give them all spotlights that the alien characters have faded yeah. to the background. For me, the most yeah. fun Green Lantern has ever 
Ben is when it was Hal Jordan and a bunch of wacky aliens. Yeah, for sure. Um, sure. So I've been saying for a while now, you know, we need to have, I don't know if you guys remember Green Lantern Corps Quarterly, which was a quarterly right? book yeah. that yep. spotlighted different characters. They need that, or they used to have Tales of the Green Lantern Corps as a backup in the Green Lantern book. Yep. Bring that back. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if if the John Stewart book is going to spin out of the series like it's going to, mm-hmm. then why not replace that with another backup and yeah. either spotlight other characters that don't have a book or do something to grow that franchise to try to get it back to the, the glory days it had. It yeah. certainly can support those books. DC completely mismanaged it when Johns and Tomasi left. No disrespect to any of the writers that came in. Yeah. Yeah. But they weren't big names like Van Jensen had never written a mainstream comic. Yeah. He had done uh, Pinocchio vampire killer or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was throwing the Green Lantern Corps book and, and Robert Venditti, who had done Exo Man Award at that point, but still wasn't a he wasn't a name. Yeah, yeah, at the time. Yeah. So you take a franchise which at one time rivaled Batman in terms of popularity. Yeah, yeah. And and you handed it off to folks that that didn't have the marquee value to keep right. people entertained. And then unfortunately for Robert Venditti, his first story was not very well received because it kind of downplayed the fantasy aspect of using a power ring that runs on will you know it was yeah. all about all about the emotional reservoir running dry and mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily a bad story but it wasn't a good leadoff story yeah 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 no, that's but, a good point so hal jordan oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean <laughs> no brainer <laughs> i love it that is awesome that's gonna be awesome. on his that's gonna put that on his tombstone here like <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> I ain't gonna be Myron anymore. I think he's taking on Hal Jordan's persona. Yeah. Hal Jordan is my—I always say Hal Jordan is my co-pilot. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> that is awesome. So, is there a series in Green Lantern that's your favorite series? Like, is there a run that you look back on and go, "That's my favorite run," or is that too hard? Is that too hard of a uh, question? I have two. Do you? Let's hear your mm-hmm. two then, Phil. While while Myron goes through his Rolodex of. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> he's. What that pause he took when he was uh, looking back, but that's him engaging his database. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Listen closely, hear the files click. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I liked Renegade. Yeah, I thought Renegade was cool. Yeah, that's still one of my favorites. Uh, it was really cool because I got to meet Vendetti. He actually yeah. here he came here to St. Louis, went to my comic book store, and I got oh, to go how up cool. there. Yeah, I got to go up there and meet him. Uh, I was talking to him about it. And he's like, man, not many. He, and it was funny when I told him that. He's like, he smiled. He goes, not many people say that's their favorite. And I was like, <laughs> I was like I like what you did with the character. I like, what, yeah. I like, I like how he was written, and I liked, yeah. uh, I liked how he looked. I thought his uh, outfit was cool. And, yeah. yeah. And Blackest Night was a uh, was a good time. Yeah, Blackest you know? Night is just incredible, man. Sinestro Core War would be your uh, probably yep. a third option. Got to be up there, right on the list yeah. of maybe top ten at least, right? Yeah, it's yeah. got to be. It's a, it's a mainstay for any Green Lantern fan. I got for they sure. if they're going to read Green Lantern and get familiar with the character, they should at least delve into Sinestro Core War so they're familiar with the other side of it. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So those I are mean, my top two. Myron, did you find anything in a file back there? I mean, if if, if you really encapsulate the, <laughs> if you take the John's run in its entirety, that's probably the most commercially and um, popular successful run. So you can't not talk about that. Um, But I also loved the run in the eighties, Steve Englehart, Mike W. Barr, that era where they just, there was a lot of experimentation and and it was a lot of the sci-fi elements that I love so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the the John's run is, it's just so hard not to, 
not to go to that. I mean, it seems like the yeah. low hanging fruit, but when you looked at his, you know, he, st- he, he had the luxury of planning a lot of it out. So yeah. he had, you know, the whole three acts of Greenland and rebirth, Sinestro Corps war and blackest night. And that was, that was his, his plan. Yeah. And that body of work up through there and maybe a little after, because it got a little afterwards, he kind of, I think, ran out of gas. Yeah. Uh, well, Brightest Day lot, ran it out of gas, you know. Yeah. Brightest Day kind of took the, <laughs> it kind of took it when, it was like the air getting let out of the balloon, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. So. yeah. Well, I, I think he, he wasn't sure where, where do I go because I told the story I wanted to tell. But right, the book yeah. is going so gangbusters, I can't just up and walk away. Yeah, and yeah. and I didn't like the whole guardians as bad guys routine. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the guardians, the guardians have always, from my perspective, have always just been these beings that are so evolved they've lost touch with emotions and humanity. Mm-hmm. And and where Hal was a great foil was that he would remind them. He'd call them on car- the carpet for sure. things that they would think about, and you know, they would not necessarily value the, the, the life of an individual. They would always think so big picture. Right, they never right. got down into the, the margins. And, and I really liked that dynamic. I didn't like the idea of them as villains. I'd rather see them as people who struggle because they've evolved beyond the level of everyone around them. And they see things so differently to me, yeah. that was more enjoyable. So I didn't like that part of the run. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Cause a lot of people will talk about the hard traveling heroes era is such a great series of books, but I, I felt like in the, the hard traveling heroes era, I mean, they were of the time, mm-hmm. but it was like, well, we've got to make how this character who's right leaning because we need Ali, he's left leaning. And we want to tell stories about that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and Hal has been painted as that for a long time. And he's like the last person I would think of as a, you know, a stuffy person who, who thinks of, following orders all the time you know he's yeah. not been that person and so it kind of undid some of that but there for a while i think the character struggled because you know it, the character was created in the 1950s when test pilots were a glamorous job yeah, yeah. and it became not that and dc didn't really know how to deal with it so they made him an insurance salesman <laughs> he was a t- uh, not an insurance salesman he was an insurance adjuster i believe yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he was a truck driver uh he he was a toy salesman i mean it, Stuff like this, just like, yeah. come on, you know, <laughs> then make him an astronaut or do something, find something new. But yeah, um, I think that happens with a lot of characters in yeah. both Marvel and DC because they have such a long canon on some of these characters, right? That they, they never grow with where society's at at any given time. And all of a sudden, right, they become old and people start to lose disinterest unless they have some sort of a unique ability to stay current because of their relatability outside of their powers and everything else. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that made sense, but no, it uh, does. So you got yeah. you have, you have to have a hook and mm-hmm. like, and, and, and I think that a lot of problem with that lies in the length of a lot of these writers and stuff getting on these books. I mean, yeah. I mean, to me, a, a year of green lantern on a, with a writer, it's just, it's just a touching the tip of the iceberg. You yeah. Know? yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Myron works in education. You know, I've always, I've always been a, like a principal, you know, mm-hmm. if you come in and you're, you're going to be a principal of a high school, don't come in and do it for a year or two and then go to another school. A good right. four year rotation is a good rotation for that. Yeah. With these writers, like with um, um, Grant Morrison, they did a good two year stint. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen another year of it because I bet you that series could have had more to it. Mm hmm. 
but I don't think you're going to get a writer that's going to want to commit three years to a, a character. You know, yeah. Vin Diddy did it for so long and it's like he knew so much and he did and he expanded on it and he built off of what John's did and John's yeah. did it for so long that yeah. now these writers come and go for the Jeff Thorne run. That's a, that's going to be forgettable, you know, Yeah. yeah. Other, other than a footnote to say it was crap. But yeah, at the same time, <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> I, I wish somebody would would stay on him a little bit more. It's like John. I wonder what you really think, Phil. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure I really get the emotion that you were trying to portray. <laughs> I, get, I get to say that on here, right? I yes, you do. Yes, you do. I, I think long term, a, a lot of these characters, like you, like you said, Tom, was that it's a struggle sometimes to keep them relevant. Yeah. yeah. And for how Jordan is a character, if a test pilot is no longer a glamorous profession. We'll take him off of Earth and leave him off of Earth. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the type of franchise that the science fiction element, you can play off of that and do that for a long time. And they did that oh, yeah. on and off. You know, you had times when you had a whole, you had a whole run where uh, the Guardians told Hal he's spending too much time on Earth and he wasn't allowed to go to Earth. Yeah. And he had to go out there and explore the rest of his sector. And it was so interesting because it was stuff we hadn't seen in a while because he was so tied to the same superhero yeah. formula that has been around since the dawn of comics sure uh, it was very interesting and that's one of the things this franchise has the luxury of is mm -hmm. most of these characters can't have a life yeah really yeah. right well i'm wondering with some of the news that we've heard from james gunn with uh, nathan fillion playing guy gardner i'm wondering if that is insight into where maybe jeremy adams is going do you think that they have that kind of thought process when they are doing a TV show or a movie, or do you think they're completely separate and that has nothing to do with it? To listen to James Gunn talk, it's all going to be related. And he said that Nathan Fillion was going to be playing Guy Gardner in every iteration of the, where that character shows up, and he'll probably show up in the Lanterns TV show. Yeah. Um, I think Nathan Fillion, you know, he he did the voice of Hal in a number of DC movies. Yeah. Uh, he certainly has the fan cred. I think he was looking for a way to use him. Personally, I've always thought of Bill Burr as Guy Gardner. <laughs> Bill Burr would be great. Although yeah. he doesn't have the hair anymore. No. That's true. That's <laughs> the true. Red hair. Well, you can do a wig. You know, you yeah, do yeah, wig. for sure. Uh, but I, I think it'll be interesting. I, I, if I have any concerns, it's just the age of the character yeah, or the age of the actor. actor yeah. um, and and, I, and I, you know, certainly he's younger than me, so I'm not. <laughs> but I, I, but I'm, I'm, I don't want to see. I don't want to see old man Hal. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to see Tom Cruise. Yeah, I've heard that go retiring. around. Please no. You know, we deserve to see these characters in their prime. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's yeah. what I want to see. So I, I'm interested to see how Nathan Fillion is going to be playing Guy. But it's it's almost like an Emerald Renaissance mm -hmm. in, in a way. because Really so, yeah. Really, Green Lantern has been kind of in the black hole of don't touch this property since yeah. 2011. People haven't been able to let it go. It's like yeah. the Incredible <laughs> Hulk had two or three stinkers, and he still was in the Avengers. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's been kind of in this black hole of, of we're not going to touch this character. It's, you know, it's poison. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting to see that happen, and I still want to see what they're going to do with the Lanterns TV show, yeah. if we ever see it. And I, and I don't mean that... It, yeah, I'm skeptical of James Gunn, but we've been hearing about this show for a while now, and it's changed directions a couple of times, and people are tied with it. Apparently, Tom King is going to be involved in the show, which some people are like, "Oh, Tom King's Heroes in Crisis, Tom King." But I'm like, if you go back and read his um, Dark Side War one shot with mm -hmm. Hal, that's one of the best single issue Green Lantern stories of the last ten mm -hmm. years. Yeah, good wow. story. That's a good that that's a good arc too, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, and. uh 
So I and I remember I interviewed Tom King before he became a before he became Tom King. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I interviewed him at a convention, and he said to me, he "Goes you know how Jordan is my is the most fun character to write, and he, yeah. I think he gets the character. That's so I, I I'm interested to see what he would do with it if indeed yeah. he's having that much control over it because I don't see him as doing something bad with the character. I think he likes the yeah. character. Uh, he, he, he said to me, he'd like to write Green Lantern again at some point. Cause you know, he did, he did the Omega Men run. Yeah, and, that's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, people were talking, talking about how, you know, Hal and, and, uh, Heroes in Crisis did, he made a thing about, well, I don't even know what willpower is. And they were kind of like, well, that, you know, that seems kind of weird. Yeah. But if you think about the character, he's not the one that's going to bear his emotion to anybody. So if you put him and say, you're going to go to, you know, you're going to go have therapy. He's not going to be upfront and honest with you and open to you. He doesn't open up to anybody. He's yeah. He yeah. guards that stuff. You have to, Hal Jordan is kind of like Indiana Jones. Yeah. You know, you know Indiana Jones doesn't sit at a bar and talk about his emotions. You know, <laughs> you find out about the character through their actions. Yeah. 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 And yeah. they very rarely do they open up and have that emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. And I think you're seeing some of that in this new Jeremy Adams run in that, we talked about it off off mic. There's something we think is going on with Hal Jordan that hasn't really been elaborated on. Yes, a, yes, a theory. And <laughs> so Hal is grasping out for something because he's lost. He doesn't have yeah. he doesn't have the core. He doesn't really have his power ring. Yeah. He doesn't have a job because the world has moved on from test pilots. You know, they they yeah. showed the the scene where he's flying drone, a uh, flying a drone. Uh, so he doesn't have anything, and, and his only real connection to home is carol ferris yeah so he's doing some things which are not exactly he's being a little pushy with carol yeah yeah and and it's it's a little cringy yeah but i think there's a reason for it and it's because he's desperate it's the only relatable thing probably too right right now yes. there, there yes. could be a, there could be another reason yeah no 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 it could be just a bad dream <laughs> that too that too night terrors i mean night terrors man i mean it could all be nothing like at the yeah. end of the day we're gonna how, we're gonna fast forward and then hal jordan and, and carol first gonna be married and stuff you know? <laughs> but i thought night he'll Ter- wake up that'll be the real terror in his life <laughs> night terrors did a really good job i mean i mean jeremy Annos kind of went for the low-hanging fruit i mean obviously yeah martin Barton jordan's death the parallax yeah. thing we know is coming up um that's kind of been done yeah but i it's interesting in how he does it. You know, sometimes mm. you don't mind reliving your story or elements that you've seen before just for the fresh perspective and, and his approach to the character. And I think, yeah. you know, Jeremy Adams wrote an episode or two of the Green Lantern, the animated series. Yeah. And, and just in talking to the guy, you, you, he respects these characters. Oh, he does. I mean, you see what he did with the flash, right? Oh, he really yeah, does yeah. a lot of research and he really understands, and he's a fan. So I have a yeah. feeling he's been yeah. reading a lot of these comics up to this point anyways. Yeah, he's he's one of us, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and so I I have confidence in the storytelling in the writer that I'm kind of overlooking some of the things where I'm like, well, gosh, he's being a little pushy with Carol. That's kind of a little cringy. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there's other things that could be going on and, and we have to see the destination. Sometimes yeah. we as fans, we're so quick to judge the journey before we figure out where it's going or why there may be some reasons why some things are happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're, we're kind of quick to judge sometimes. Well, and, you know? and, and it needs a chance to breathe, you know, I mean, yeah. like we look back to, and Myron and I have discussed this a lot, you know, with <clears throat> Morrison's run, it took a few, is- it took a few issues 
to get used to his writing and what he was going to do with the character, you know, mm-hmm. by usually by issue, I I usually average it out to be about four or five. You kind of, you kind of know if you're going to like it or not, you yeah, know? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, like with, with some runs you get to know sooner than that. I mean, by issue two with Jeff Thorne's run, it's like, I just kind of knew, I was like, I just don't know this is going to go anyplace. Good. So, but I'm sure the one shot corrected all of that though. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't correct anything it didn't it like, <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to throw fuel in the fire but the timing was just right <laughs> well and if you think about it like this add to the fact that i'm not even a huge john stewart fan i yeah. was actually looking forward to reading a good john stewart story yeah and i was left with what i was it's like okay i'm not even a huge john stewart fan but i know this is not john stewart yeah, yeah exactly. you know what i mean so and then you know then dick adams he comes on board Issue one, he pegs it. I mean, yeah. he nails it all, all cylinders. Mm-hmm. You get a great feel coming out of the gate. You already know by issue two, you're going to be like, I already know I'm going to like it. Yeah. So if you have that preceding feeling, yeah. you already know it's going to run into a good. I mean, you're going to down the line, you might have a couple lackluster issues. You, yeah. Every writer probably has that. But as long as they tell a cohesive narrative story arc, I mean, there's no, I, I think it's going to go up and hopefully he stays on a little bit longer. I hope so too. I mean, he did flash, I think from 768 to 800, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he was taken um, off that to do lantern by the way. So like, but I, I know wonder, if happen. he doesn't have another run that goes that far, you know, yeah. I don't, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't, he was very upset with the fact that he had to leave the flash. So, Oh yeah. I think any flash fan was upset as well. Yeah, I, 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 I would like to have run. seen him stay on it too. But right. as a Green Lantern fan, I like Green Lantern more than Flash. Right. I'm really happy as a Green Lantern fan, but um, that Flash run was just one of the best runs in a long time, I think. It was. Yeah. My, Myron's not a big Flash fan. I no. like the Flash. I like the Flash. I got my Flash. Oh, oh yeah. You're a big Flash fan. <laughs> yeah. You put I, I'm a big body fan. Permanently, you're a fan for sure. <laughs> right, yeah. There you go. I'm a big fan of the, the Barry Hal dynamic. Yeah. yeah I like I Barry too. Uh, I, I, and I liked Wally and I liked what they did. I think bringing Barry back kind of undermined some of that, you know, yeah. and again, that's another example of how, you know, when we talk about Green Lantern, the divisiveness of the fan base, yeah. it's the exact same thing with the flash. And sure, yeah. that sometimes that's the, the downside to having the approach of legacy heroes. Yeah. yeah. Because at some point you're going to move off the originals, but they're never going to move off Batman. So how do you, yeah. How do you rectify all of that yeah. stuff? And, and you can't just, it seems like there for a while, if DC wanted to create a new character, it's like, well, either we're going to give them a power ring or they're going to get speed powers. Yeah. Yeah. And explain the anomaly, it, explain the anomaly that is Batman, right? Because you could, you get the Batman family, right? You could write any book about any character in any Batman, any whatsoever, and it would sell. Yeah. But then you got the flash family. Nobody's going to buy a Jay Garrick book. Yeah. You know, yeah. who's going to buy a Max Mercury. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Who's Max Mercury. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but i would buy it because i'm a yeah. flash fan and i'm a flash family fan but at the same time it's like batman gets all the street cred man i'm still sad about that <laughs> but and, and i don't know if you guys have how long you guys have read comics but do you remember the batman family and the superman family book yeah yeah you know, that was the superman um, family one not the batman one though that was chuck dixon right <laughs> I there was a I don't remember who wrote it, it but um but there used to be a Batman family book and a, a yeah. Superman family book and all the characters why don't we have a Flash family book yeah 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 there's so many things you know 
DC just has to look to their past to mine some of those ideas they did. Those things worked. You could, yeah. you could just bring them into the 21st century. Oh, for and sure. And they would be just as powerful today and yeah. just as effective today. And like yeah. I said, showcase. Why, why don't we have a showcase book? Yeah. And, you you know, won't do that because most of the writers they have now really don't like a lot of the characters they're writing for. And that's, we. they yeah. said it themselves, right? We, I've watched some interviews and I won't say any names, but I've watched interviews of some of these creators now on some pretty high profile books. And they've been asked, how far back did you go to understand the character before you wrote? And they said, absolutely nothing. So um, that that's a little disappointing sometimes when you hear that from a writer. And that's why you respect like a, a Jeremy Adams, because you know that he really cares about the character he's going to write about. Yeah. And he's going to do some some digging to make sure that he is relating things that have happened in the past. So it makes sense for the fans that have been around for so long. Well, that well, makes you, the writer, that yeah. makes the writer selfish. I mean, yeah. if, if you're going to tell a selfish story, yeah. I mean, you're not going to bother to go back and research any kind of characteristic traits about yeah. an individual. I mean, you're, you're kind of doing a disservice, not only to the book and the character, but to the fan base, because you're going to pick up on that. Myron picks up on that stuff. I mean, he, oh, yeah. he can key it in. Now, I'm not as attuned as it as as Myron's radar is because that dude's got like a green radar that just sits on his head. <laughs> but but the fans are going to pick up on that, you know. Yeah. It's like they can they're not they're not you can't fool them. Man, they're not yeah. stupid. Yeah. Well, if yeah. you look at if you look at Night Terrors, you know, there's a the yeah. whole scene with Martin Jordan's funeral and you see the Jewish imagery because yeah. Hal Jordan's mother is Jewish. Right. And mm-hmm. A lot of writers skip over that stuff. Yeah, and that's important. the details, right? Yeah, I noticed right. that right away. I'm like, man, yeah. the detail is impressive, man. I, I thought it was maybe a little over the top because how, how Martin Jordan was Catholic. Yeah, so it seemed a little, but but then you have to remember, well, this is this is a an image being created by insomnia based on Hal's memories. Yeah. So Hal was a kid. What does he remember? You're building it up from there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I think the di- one of the differences between today's writers and the writers of yesterday was the writers of yesterday didn't think anything for themselves beyond writing for the big two. Yeah, exactly. Today, it's about breaking into the industry in the big two, making yeah. a name for yourself, and then going independent for independent or so independent. that you own the IPs. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So it's like, it's just a gateway. Yeah. yeah. More than it is the destination. For sure. For sure. No, that's definitely it. Um, the other question I had for both of you was Sinestro. So we've seen uh, instances of Sinestro throughout the, the first three. And then we we get that little short story at the end in Night Terrors. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to kind of digest it yet, but uh, any thoughts as to what's going on there, too? Because it's a pretty unique story, apart from, uh, you know, Hal Jordan, obviously, I was wondering what your thoughts were on that and if you had any insight as to what you think might be going on there or you haven't really had chance to like digest it yet. I, I've been thinking about it since I, I read the issue. And, and, and the interesting thing is Alex Segura is writing this, this version of Sinestro. We don't know what's transpired because we haven't seen yeah. Sinestro enough in the main book. Exactly. Uh, we were only two issues in and all we've really seen is two panels of Sinestro sitting in a bar. Yeah. So you, don't, you don't know really what's been, <laughs> what's been going on, but when this, this issue opens up with his section, yeah, he's, he's already almost despondent. Yeah. And this is before the wave is even coming hit. Yeah. And I think Sinestro's biggest fear is that he will be irrelevant. That yeah. He, he's lost his relevancy. He doesn't have his ring. He doesn't have his core. 
he he's a broken character. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I think some of it goes back to whatever happened on Korgar. Yeah, yeah. So, something happened on Korgar, and maybe he's feeling a little guilty about something that happened. Because <laughs> um, we know Green Lantern died there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe Sinestro's, you know, I don't yeah, know. Some maybe regrets, maybe. Happened. Yeah. Maybe some regrets. Uh, it, it, I, I'm interested to see what happens when we get back from Night Terrors because yeah. it looks like it looks like those things are going to come to a head. They have to, right? Because of that first uh, issue. Yep. I think absolutely. it was the first yeah. issue where he's at the bar, right? In issue one. Yep. If I'm not mistaken. Yep, issue one. The, 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 these two characters have to collide. And that's the wonderful thing about Sinestro and Hal is they are they are tied together like Batman yeah. and the Joker and Superman yeah. and Zod. Uh, you can do Sinestro with other Green Lanterns, but they don't have the rich relationship. And Jeff Johns really cemented it by by really building up the whole trainer aspect and yeah. them being friends and that mutual respect and, and the feelings of betrayal from Sinestro's point of view. Sinestro, you know, back in the day was very much portrayed as the mustache trolling villain. Yeah. <laughs> and this is much more complex. Yeah. He's, he's space Hitler, really. Yeah. And much deeper now. Much deeper. Yeah. He, he's, he, he really believes that he's doing the right thing. And that's yeah. the mark of a good villain character. Yeah. They're not the villain in their own story. And yeah. his, just his methods, he's got the right goal in mind. He has the same goal as the Guardians do, but yeah. his methods are so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think I think deep down he feels this regret that Hal didn't come along with him on the journey. Yeah. yeah. I think he's, you know, he thinks this could have been my brother. This could have been the person who replaced Abin Sur in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could have, we could have, I don't want to say we could have ruled the galaxy together because that's too Star Warsy. Yeah. But they could have really made an sure. impact if everybody just followed along with what Sinestro wanted. Yeah. And you see, yeah. you know, in Sinestro Core, it wasn't, even, even though it looked like Sinestro was trying to, to overthrow people on Earth, really what he was trying to do is just get the Guardians to, break some rules yeah yeah it was all a big chess match which yeah. is what's brilliant about how jeff johns wrote sinestro yeah yeah incredible do you think there is a best writer of green lantern up to this point would it have to be jeff johns just because of everything that we spoke about earlier and the run that he had or is there i, I mean i don't know if you can call it the, the term best is is used so loosely you know it's yeah. like it's super I mean, by, uh, by definition it's so vague because it's yeah it, 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 a lot depends on, on it's objective right it's like yeah uh, it's very Myron, right depending on the favorite character and all that good stuff and and depending right. about your and about your own personal like how about the I mean, most impactful for green lantern how about that it definitely has to be john's i mean he he yeah, took yeah. the entire franchise that was falling apart and he revived it in such a big way it yeah it's huge and, Green Lantern was a popular character back in the day. Yeah. Uh, and and it's very, you know, we've talked about it on the show a little bit. It's been very cyclical. Yeah. Uh, but Johns just took it and took it to a place where it hadn't been before, that it was such a, not only a huge critical success, but a, a, a fan success yeah. and a sales success. It, we hadn't seen that in ever, really. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's hard, you know, when, when you when you say best, like Phil says, it's hard because what's what's your what's your barometer to, yeah, to gauge yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, because you could argue, well, John Broom, you know, without John Broom, we wouldn't have any of this. Yeah. yeah. So, but but every writer that's come along has, most of them have added things to the franchise um, to make mm-hmm. it what it is. Yeah. Um, Who hasn't? 
Myron. <laughs> I'm not going there. I'm not going there. <laughs> I think that's been established very well, I, Phil. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's funny, though, because as much as I did not like the Thorn Run, he yeah. had some interesting ideas. He talked about some of the things that he didn't get to do with the book. Yeah. He, he had a very distinct plan where he was, he realized, one, that Jon Stewart is never going to be the Green Lantern. Yeah. He's not. Uh, yeah. Because Hal mm. is is he he's the poster child for the franchise, mm. so that was why he was trying to take John in a different direction to make him something different. He was going to do something with different with Simon. He was basically going to take mm. all the Earth Lanterns and give them something else to do. Yeah, so that they can have a place to be on their own. And and mm-hmm. I totally totally get yeah, it. Yeah, that's I think, not a bad idea though. No, yeah. no. Yeah. Um, I I think John was was interesting as a dark star there for yeah. a while, and you know I I think sometimes I I. I this is going to sound odd, but I agree with Thorne that mm-hmm. for the John Stewart character to thrive, he has to get out from underneath the Green Lantern shadow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't see that happening either. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's an unfortunate thing for the character. I, it, to me, it just goes back to the do, do we need all these Earth Lanterns? I don't know. I yeah, I mean, there's a, I think there's a lot more than people realize, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, you have your Hal, you have your Kyle, you have, like, people know those ones. You have John, um, obviously Alan, you Guy Gardner, but there's a lot more than that, too. And I don't think people realize how many Lanterns have come from Earth. And it it has gotten maybe a little out of hand, although a lot of them are one-issue type situations, or they had yeah. the, the ring for a short period of time, and then it was gone. But, uh, yeah, I, it's interesting that to your point that you made earlier, when you have so many, especially ones that have been developed to a certain point, like a Kyle Rayner, um, you, you really start to divide fans. And so when we do have, like right now, an amazing opportunity for Green Lantern fans to have a lot of really good things happen, um, I'm not going to read that because I don't like Hal or something like that. Like, right. This is, right. This is about as good as it's ever going to get for Green Lantern. It's been a while. You, you, you get that. There, there's a contingency of fans that won't buy the Jeremy Adams book yeah. because they're, because they're a John fan and, but they're yeah. not going to buy it even though that there's a backup because they don't want to inflate the sales. Yeah. 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 Like, Guys, this buy, is buy, so petty, man. Buy so it petty. if you like. <laughs> buy it if you like the char- character it's important yeah exactly. the john's backup has been really good i've enjoyed it yeah. and, and, and yeah. i i have too li- like phil i'm not really a huge john stewart fan um, yeah yeah but, not, john, but john, i john, love john stewart because of the justice league cartoon um that had a big impact on me so i do really enjoy that character i mean how i think is my favorite too but I, I do feel like there's more that could be said about John. I think he's been a little kind of plain for a very long time. And I think that could be developed a little bit more. It'd be really interesting to see what happens with this uh, war journal coming out yeah. uh, later in this year. Cause there's, there's a story to be told somehow. It, it's interesting because you have people like myself who read John prior to the justice league cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a very different character than the John we got in the cartoon. Yeah. And so Jeff Johns tried to blend them together. Yeah. And so we've kind of got this amalgamation, mm-hmm. but John has never had a good run to build up a supporting cast, you know, for, mm-hmm. for there for so long, he was an architect working at Ferris air. He was, yeah. he was a supporting cast person, yeah. not the leading cast. And, and you almost need to be, very aggressive about well let's pluck him and put him in someplace else and build a world around him yeah yeah so that he can have those things so that you can develop some layers you know because he's either been the grunting marine yeah um, no nonsense i 
I've I've often joked that they've made him Batman without any of the parts that make him interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, the, they've done that, but then there's so much else to that character. If you go back and read the Mosaic run, I know that you know I Gerard know, jo- know. Gerard Jones is not he's a persona non grata. He's done some horrible things, but for sure, if you go back and read that run. That yeah. was really good for John Stewart. Oh, it's uh, the it's the best insight into uh, John Stewart by far. Yes. And it was yeah. a decent run. I mean, it, it's a I have the run. I was just looking at it earlier today, and I mean, it's terrible that you had all these people that worked so hard on that run. You have this one, yeah, terrible human being that really ruined that entire run. Um, DC's removed it from canon, and yeah. uh, you know what I mean. You can't. I have the app, the DC app. It's not on the app, so they've nope. actually wiped it all out. Yeah, it'll never be hard week, Yeah, all that hard work that all those people did on that run, which was good is now gone, which I think is really sad because it was well-developed. Um, I understand the reasons why. I'm certainly not uh, against yeah. what they did. It's, that's about as horrific of a thing that could take yeah. place. But yeah, I mean, I, that I think also has hurt John Stewart as well. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Right? I mean, if you if you were 50 years old and you had your 20s removed from your history, right? right? I mean, that's kind <laughs> right? of what happened, right? All so of a sudden, that, you're going from uh, all they were 18 left to was, 30. Yeah, all you were left with was Zanshi. From yeah. cosmic odyssey yeah and then and then you had people saying well why do we have to keep bringing zanshi up again you know and because that was really the only defining thing you had it's the yeah. only thing you had the only meat on the bones mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah so I, I i i agreed with thorne and that we, you almost need to take john and give him a fresh start somewhere yeah for sure absolutely um, maybe, maybe you start the dark stars back up and he leads the dark stars or something yeah yeah um to give him that opportunity to grow, you know, if, if the character's a strong character, they'll survive yeah. an identity change in terms of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, I don't think it's ever going to happen because the fan base, I don't think will allow it. Yeah. Um, You're right. They won't. <laughs> no, it's, it's just like, you've got, you know, you've got, you've got the Hal fans, you've got the John fans, you've got the Kyle fans. Yeah. Um, and they're the three biggest factions that kind of are always going and, mm-hmm. and it's gotten a lot less than it used to be there for a while. It was pretty, well, when you have nothing for a couple of years, that'll help with that situation. Right. Right. <laughs> but then what happens is when something is announced, like, well, why, why does this character get it? What That's about true. my character? And it, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. And the same thing happens same when with, you just talk about the movies, you know? Yeah. Well, it's the same thing that happened today with, with Fillion, right? I yeah. mean, there's people railing against it, you know, yeah. well, why, why is it? You know, and that's what that's what ticks me off the most about fans because it's like, well, you don't know what's what the plan is, man. Yeah, yeah. Wait, at least give this guy a chance. Yeah, I'll be honest. That Superman Legacy, all the casting has been excellent. I think. Yeah, I mean, every single person that they've done from Superman to Hawk um, Girl to. I mean, all of them have been really good so far. And I know Fillion's a little bit older, but I think he could pull off a Guy Gardner. I really do. To your point, what happens in two years when you need Guy Gardner again? You know, I mean, you start to, I mean, there's all, I guess yeah. CGI needs to get better, right? If they're going to continue to use Fillion. But um, but I think he could, I think he could pull it off. Yeah. If they see the announcement. Too, right? If did they you see utilize... the announcement? Go ahead. Go ahead, Myron. What were you going to say? I was going to say, did you hear they announced Metamorpho today? No. Yeah, they announced Metamorpho. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did see that. And I thought that was good too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of theory that's going to be, I mean, it sounds like the terrifics, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which you know, which I'll be honest cool. with you, it was cool. I like yeah. the terrifics. Yeah. I think it'll be cool. But, I, I, um, I almost think that the, the gun is going to use this as a way to 
really expose fans to the DC universe. Yeah. Superman's not going to be the only character right out of the gate. You're going to have, we're going to jump into the universe is already here. We're not yeah. going to spend well, all the time building these up. If you, if you go back to 2008, man, Iron Man was a B lister. Yeah. He yeah. Wasn't, very he much wasn't so. prime. He wasn't primed yeah. up. And, and now then, no one's but, bigger than Iron Man. Right. Yeah. If you, if you, if you can put a spotlight on some of those low key characters yeah, and it doesn't, and, and you don't even have to like make major movies out of them, but at least utilize them in a way to yeah. where they have the appearances or whatnot mm-hmm. or the crossovers. Yeah. People get a, the people love it and people love nostalgia too. If they go back and do like a JSA kind of style and mm-hmm. take it old school. Yeah. It, people are going to eat it up, man. Yeah. I mean, if you went back and talked to our younger selves, we'd never thought we would have lived to see today where there were, two or three ant-man movies yeah for sure I mean, right Ant-Man, Ant-Man. Ant-Man. <laughs> so and actually i think but, a lot of people feel like they've made one too many of those too yeah i think, yeah. I, think the, yeah. I think the fan base needs to take a really good hard look at itself and take a step back and and just give room to breathe with this i mean yeah you yeah. got a guy that's taken on a lot and, and i got news for you nobody wishes that job on anybody yeah, who the hell yeah. would want to work for WB? I would not want to work for that <laughs> yeah. company, man. Yeah, and this guy's taking on a big task, and he has. Yeah, it give him, give him, a, give him a chance before you bury the guy. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're wanting to fire this guy, and not one project that he's been in charge of has God. happened yet. 2025 right, right. is his first project. I think people yeah. need to realize that, right? <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's, it's the Marvel DC fanboy thing is such a, yeah. you know, people people review bomb movies that aren't even out yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. You want, and, you, and I'm sick of the comparisons. Well, yeah. it didn't do as good as this one. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care if it did. I don't care if I liked Megaforce. And I think yeah. it's better than that movie that you just watched. It made these, $5 billion. <laughs> these people have not had to live through Nicholas Hammond to Spider-Man, okay? <laughs> they, 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 they didn't have the, the TV wasteland. series? The TV yeah. series, right? They, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they didn't have the wasteland where there was no superhero content for years. Yeah. We just excited to see somebody in a costume on TV. Exactly. <laughs> I got to say, though, I, did, I haven't got to watch The Flash yet, the movie. Yeah. But I did see the clip that showed Nicholas Cage. Yeah, I'm still beside myself on why they would think about that stupid and put him in there. Why <laughs> he looks terrible? He looks terrible. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, it, it is like the movie's like two and a half hours long. It is literally twenty seconds. Uh, but yeah. you know, they had all the buildup of how he he went. He read for Superman, right? They were talking about doing one, and then nothing ever happened. Um, and so I, I felt they thought that would be kind of funny to show that he actually became Superman in another universe, maybe. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I did. I did love. Uh, I did enjoy the movie. I wouldn't say I loved it. I did enjoy it. The CGI was a little quirky at times, but um, I do not think it was as bad as a lot of people said it was. Um, but also, I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't think Green Lantern as bad. The movie Green Lantern is as bad as people have said it is. Right. Is it a great movie? No, it's not a great movie, but it's a good movie. It wasn't bad. And yeah. at the time, the CGI, I thought it was pretty decent for that time. Um, I think Ryan Reynolds being kind of a comedian um, part time um, has made it sound made it worse than it really was because yeah. he kind of jokes around. I will tell you the worst uh, movie I've ever seen is Daredevil. <laughs> That was the worst movie I think from. Yeah, and they're and they're bringing back Electra, and they're bringing yeah, back- yeah, yeah. <laughs> and which means I think what's his name will play. Uh, I have a feeling that they'll throw him in somehow as Daredevil again. 
I would not be surprised if Affleck showed up. Somewhere. Yeah, Affleck, I think, yeah. will wear the suit, even if it's a split God. second. Yeah, just like uh, Superman. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think the 2011 movie was as bad as people like to make it out as. I thought it was better than the first Thor movie, which came out to the same oh, time yeah. as that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think they tried to... Unfortunately, you would think that Warner Brothers owning DC, yeah. you would have gotten all of these things. They would have had their act together. Yeah. But they really didn't. They tried to they tried to run it like a traditional movie studio. Yeah. If they had just given if they just created DC Studios, gave them a pot of money and let them go and make superhero movies as long as they yeah. kept making a profit, they could keep going, yeah. they'd have been fine. But they tried to, to try to deal with it the same way they'd made movies for a hundred years. Yeah. And yeah. and they tried to impose their studio mentality on it. Mm -hmm. We want it shorter. We want you to do this. We want to control the casting. And yeah. if they had just let them do it it had been much better. I think if anything, it was disappointing because you know how good it could be. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that like parallax yeah. was par doing parallax was too much to do in the first movie. Yeah. yeah. They had just done Manhunters in the first mm -hmm. movie. Um, or Hector Hammond or fleshed out a Hector yeah. Hammond story arc would have been decent. Mm -hmm. And then you could have let it into something else. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it. from a, from a toy perspective, Manhunters would be great because it'd be easy right. to make the toys. From a CGI perspective, you only need one model. Yeah, so yeah. It would have been cost yeah, effective from there. I don't think a Hector Hammond toy would look very right. <laughs> I have a Hector Hammond toy right back on that shelf. Do you? <laughs> it does not look right. <laughs> Told you it doesn't look right. <laughs> but I, th I, th I think Hector Hammond is too esoteric of a character or too cerebral of a character for audiences to grasp on mm. for an action movie. Yeah, Whereas yeah. a character fighting robots totally can get behind that, you know, right, and then right. you could have revealed that Sinestro was behind the robots mm -hmm. and that leads to the Sinestro core. And in the second movie, like in, in my dream version, you would have had a scene where Hal is in a bar, uh, a, a, a military bar and gets into a fight over a woman with a, black marine they get into a fight they end up in the brig together yeah. uh cue up the authority song playing in the background while it's going on <laughs> uh they both get dragged up by the mps and they dislike each other begrudgingly right you get to the second movie and they have to have a second green lantern from earth or from each sector to deal with sinestro Corps. that marine become is john stewart he becomes yeah. green lantern they have to become partners and now it's like oh this guy oh yeah, this guy. yeah. <laughs> and you get the lethal weapon vibe not the age difference but the John Stewart very serious about this role. Yeah, got to be really you know serious about it. And how's the maverick that he is? Yeah, that's I'll figure it out when it happens. Of, type of guy, right? Yes, right. yes. And that's that that part of the lethal weapon vibe would yeah, work. Yeah, and and then that carries the second movie. Right, right. It, and you could have gone from there. You know, it, it could have built from that. But I I am sure James Gunn is going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> And he's going to be reaching out to you, Myron. <laughs> no, he won't. One can hope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, gentlemen, um, I, it's about that time, my friends. I just want to say I cannot tell you how fun this was. I had an absolute blast meeting both of you. Like I said, I love your podcast. Um, I, I try to watch all of them. And uh, they're they're. I mean, you have so many, so I have to go back into history and watch some of the older ones <laughs> or listen to them. But man, you guys are amazing. I've learned a lot more about Green. I thought I knew enough, you know, because you, you read for many years, but you're bringing up stuff I never heard of before sometimes in your shows. And I just yeah. absolutely love it. 
the That's education around it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I find myself going to eBay and purchasing comics that you all are talking about just so that I could read the runs too. And man, it's, it's just been a lot of fun. And so uh, Phil, thank you for answering me on uh, Twitter. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> and then uh, getting Myron on board um, making you do a podcast probably for a third time this month instead of the, your, your usual two. <laughs> you know what though? That, but that, this is cool though, Tommy, because it's yeah. like, all right, now we got somebody else. I mean, it just, yeah. it gets, it's like a circle of friends, man. You just absolutely, just man. I love up, it. Up, I'm probably going to shoot you a random text every now and then. Yeah. Just I hope so. Bullshit with you or whatever, but I love it. This is great, man. And I was flattered that you did reach out and I was, and, yeah. I, but I don't think I read the text at first. I, I think I missed it or something like that. And yeah, then I went yeah. back and reread it and I was like, I was like, Oh, Oh, he wants me to, he wants us to come on. And that's yeah. when I said that the Myron. Well, like, it's been a while since other than being on the lantern cast, we usually do a, a state yeah. of the Green Lantern union episode. Uh -huh. um, I haven't been on another podcast other than our own in, in quite a long time. I think yeah. because I've been a little outspoken about some things. It happens, but, but it's, 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 it's a lot of fun time. I mean, we, we really appreciate you asking us to come on because yeah. when you're, when you're making content, you're, you're, you're always, the, you know, you have the responsibility of making the show and all that stuff. It's nice to be a guest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tommy will do the editing. We don't have to worry. Right, about right. Right. Don't have to worry about that stuff. If you get no, a chance, if you get a chance, Tommy, uh, there's a yeah. guy I follow on Twitter, David Coker. Okay, David um, Coker. Yeah, he's a he's a big huge, huge Green Lantern fan. He's uh he actually sent me and Myron signed copies of the first issue of Green Lantern from Adams. Oh wow! And then uh, he he also sent me I got it about a month ago uh, the signed copy. From Jeff Johns. Uh, oh wow! Uh, yeah, Greenland. yeah. He lives so, up there uh, on the West Coast, and he's, he's he awesome. lives he lives on the West Coast. Reach oh, out cool. to him. He, he's a big Lantern fan too, and I, and yeah. uh, you know it's it's all about the friendships, man. So yeah, no, it's awesome. I, I'm on some Reddit channels too, some Green Lantern Reddit channels, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just really cool, man. There's one that has like a couple hundred thousand people on it, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. I'm like, that is awesome. Yeah, Why isn't cool. this issue like number one? in the top 10 for DC, if you have 200,000 right. people in a, right. in a Reddit chat room, I, I mean, I'm rarely on Reddit. Um, but when I am, I'm like, Ooh, this should be like number one, yeah. if there's this many people, but right. to your point, maybe they're Kyle fans or something like that. And they don't want to read Hal Jordan or, 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 or they don't want to spend the money and they pirate it and they don't realize they're hurting yeah. the industry by doing exactly. that. Yeah. Good point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. That happens. Well, gentlemen, um, thank you again, everyone that's listening you got to go to the podcast of OA. You could also go to www.blogofoa.com to read all of the amazing content on Green Lanterns. Um, I personally enjoy the podcast, so check that on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to their channel. If you want to know anything and everything that has ever happened to Green Lanterns, Green Lantern Corpse, everything in between, um, these are the two gentlemen you should be listening to. <laughs> Myron, Phil, thank you again for being on. Really appreciate it. I'm hoping we could do this again with all the news that's happening around oh, Green yeah. <laughs> Lantern. I would love to have you on just to talk about it when it does happen. Absolutely, my friend. Yeah, be absolutely. Too. That'd be great. Beautiful. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Have a great rest of your week and look forward to talking soon. Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it.